16. We'll get started there. And the sixth grade and down can go ahead and be dismissed to class. Romans 15, wait on Miss Stacy, if you will, at the door. Romans 15. I love to see that. All them kids. Thank you, Grandma. Ma, uh, Ma, I'm sorry. She's giving me the evil eye because I said Grandma. My Bible is next door on the, uh, on the table, and my notes are on my desk. And uh, I am unprepared. Miss Stacy's going to, if you want to meet her halfway, that would be great. And then I'll meet you halfway. I've got my Bible, so we'll be able to read the scripture, and I'll give you a little introductory thoughts. And, and uh, I just like to have my notes because I, I, uh, I depend on them because I, know, I need to know where I'm going. <clears throat> when, I get in, when I get in my car and drive down the road to a place that I've never been, I like to look at a map, and uh, sometimes when I liken that when I preach, I like to look at my map when I'm preaching because um, I need to know where exactly where I'm going because I don't remember everything that I'm supposed to say. And uh, so you've got your Bible open to Romans chapter 15. Let's just, uh, if we will, let's stand and just out of respect to reading God's Word this morning. We'll begin reading in verse number 14. Verse number 14, if you can, stand. Uh, <clears throat> 13, I'm sorry. The Bible says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself also am persuaded of you and brethren that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, uh, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. Thank you. <clears throat> Verse 16. That I should be a, the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost, I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought, but by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about to Icarim, I did not pronounce that right, but I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so I strive to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build up an, on another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he hath not spoken of, they shall see, and they shall then they that have not heard shall understand. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you, and now, having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, when or whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you 
for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. So just make a couple thoughts and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll look at this text tonight, this morning. I'm going to do my best to explain what, what Paul is talking about just as, as we get ready to explain this. Paul is giving to us, I believe, what his ministry to the Gentiles is and what his ministry is and how, how he goes about his ministry to the Gentiles. And he gives us some four different thoughts here how his ministry to the Gentiles, and I believe that we can say the same as a church, that it ought to be the same for us as well when it comes to ministry. So let's, uh, you guys can go ahead and be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Just uh, thank you so much. So he says we must understand, to understand Paul truly, we need to understand the ministry in which he did. Now it is, under, it is to be understood as well that without the ministry of, of who? The Apostle Paul many Christians in this room would not even be saved today without the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was a missionary to the Gentiles, and at this time period, Paul, he played a very important part of getting the gospel to the Gentile people. The, at the time, Jewish people was the main focus of their ministry, of the church's ministry in the book of Acts. God told them in Acts 1, verse 8, and then also couple other scriptures, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, and uh, Mark 16, 15, he tells them to preach the gospel to the whole world, but when the church first started, they wanted just to stay in one spot. Well, God says, no, I want you to go preach the gospel to everywhere, and to every person, and to every, every, every color, and to every race, and to every, every, it doesn't matter who they are, go preach the gospel to everybody. Well, Paul picks up the mantle when he gets saved in Acts chapter number 9. He didn't even understand grace when he got saved. He didn't understand that, that, that I get to heaven because of God's grace. And what does that mean? That means uh, grace means it's an unmerited favor, something I didn't deserve. Uh, we were, uh, if, if salvation is of me, then it's not of grace. And if salvation is of works, then it's not of grace. And if salvation is of being belonging to a certain church, then it's not of grace. And you say, what do you mean by it's not of grace? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8, the Bible says that we are saved by our works and not by, I mean, we're saved by faith. Good night, I was quoting that verse wrong. You guys were all like shaking your head at me. No, no, you're saved by faith. And I, I, can't, even, I can't even draw it to my, uh, my memory for some reason, but uh, we're saved by our faith and not by works which we have done, Titus 3.5 tells us that. So we're not saved because of how good I am. I'm saved because of grace. And Paul, prior to Acts chapter number 9, he didn't even understand that himself. You say, who? Paul, his, his name used to be Saul. Saul was a persecutor of the church. His job was to go around and kill Christians, one, or to imprison them. Well, one day he was on his way to Damascus. You read Acts 9, a great story. And Paul tells the story how God kicked him, or, or the, the author tells the story of the book of Acts, how God kicked him off the horse and brought to him salvation. And then he understood that salvation wasn't of how good he was. And it wasn't of what sect he belonged to, but it was about being belonged to the Lord. 
And so, as he makes this introductory, as he begins these verses, in verse number 13, he begins to say, was with the word grace. Grace, grace, grace. I would be lost without grace, because then it would be about me, and how I can get to heaven. The Bible says in the Old Testament that our, our righteousness, is, or our goodness, uh, the, how good we can become, is as filthy rags. Verse number 14, and verse number 15 he talks about the grace of God. I am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you are full of goodness and filled with knowledge and also admonition to each other, he said, but in verse number 15 all the way down there, because of the grace that is given unto me. God, look, grace saved him. Grace called him. Grace made him the apostle that he was. Grace did. <coughs> because, because Paul, and much like you and I, it, if he ran around killing a bunch of people, I don't know how many people he killed, would he not be worthy of the death penalty? In, 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 our, in our society, the way that we, we, uh, we, we uh, have justice, right? Would he not be guilty of spending his life in prison? Would he not be guilty of those things? But grace stopped that from happening. Grace erased his past and brought him a brand new future. Just like it can do for you and me. Grace can do the same. Romans 5, or Romans 1, and verse number 5, Paul says, By whom we have received grace and apostleship. He understands that I don't receive grace because of who I am. I don't receive grace because of what I do. I receive grace because of what God did for me. So now he goes into, now he's understanding, hey, that's, that's the grace. That's the gospel. You say, what do you mean that's the gospel? That is the gospel. Grace. Grace. Now, understand, now, now in the Bible, the Bible tells us what, what the gospel is. The Bible, the Bible tells us the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Without those three, hey, look. We would be on, our, uh, on a slick road to hell. But with God's grace, his unmerited favor, he paid for our sin. He paid for my sin. So let's look at this. Number one, his ministry to the Gentiles was his, the center uh, was, was the gospel. What do you mean by that? Look in verse number 16. He said that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering what? The gospel. What, is, what was the center of his ministry? It was the gospel. And the center of every ministry ought to be the gospel. What is the gospel? That's the death and the burial and the resurrection. That is the truth. That is salvation by grace through faith, nothing more, nothing less. That is the center of his ministry. When he went down the road and he began to preach to the Gentiles, he didn't try to tell them that they had to follow the Jewish law. He didn't try to tell them that they had to get the Old Testament out and make sure that they followed every commandment that was in there. No, he brought them the Bible and he said, listen, he said, it's, death, it's the death and the burial and the resurrection. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes on the Father but by me. And so this is the truth that he preached, but the center of everything he did was the gospel. <laughs> and everything our church does, you know what the center ought to be? The gospel. Why do, we, why do we preach? Why do we have church? 
Why do we have children's church? Why do we do Sunday school? Why do we have visitation? Why do we have soul winning? Why do we have, uh, why do we have a van? Why do, we do, why do we have this building here? For what? The gospel. And it needs to be the center. If the gospel isn't the center, then we're off. As a church, we're off. If, if it's not the center of my life, then I'm off. Because as a Christian, one thing I have that lost the lost do not, and that's the gospel. And how can they know unless we tell them? Do you know what is so important that this church is? Is a lighthouse. Two weeks or three weeks, two weeks ago, we celebrated the church's 60th anniversary. Do you know what it took for the church to stand for 60 years and to be a lighthouse in this community? Was guys who had went on before us. There's not one person in this room that was here when the church was started. Do you know what? In 60 years, there may not be any of us in this room that are here in 60 years. But if we want this church to stand for 60 years and to be a lighthouse in this community, do you know what we're going to have to do? Do you know, what, do you know what's going to have to be the center? The gospel. It's not a man. It's not anybody else. And it's not, it's not anything else. It's the gospel. And Paul says, the center of my ministry was the gospel. But if you also you look in that verse, he, he mentions a couple other things. He said that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ. One part of the Godhead, right? Ministering the gospel of who? God. Second part of the Godhead. Verse number 16. And that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable and be sanctified by who? The Holy Ghost. So do you know what his, his goal was to do? To magnify the deity. Magnify the, the, the triune God. The three Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. That's who he wanted to magnify. And... <coughs> And if I preach to magnify me, I'm in trouble. And if I sing to magnify me, then I'm in trouble. And if we go out and visit people to magnify me, then this church is in trouble. And if we do everything we do to magnify ourselves and to magnify get a pat on the back, then we're in trouble because the gospel has to be the center. I'm not to glorify me, I'm to glorify God. When Herod, I believe it was Herod was king, he took all the glory from God. And when he took the glory from God, God, God killed him. I don't want to take God's glory. The sinner was the gospel. And may we always keep the sinner the gospel. <coughs> Sorry, your cough drops aren't working. I'm kidding. I need better ones. No, I'm just kidding. <coughs> No, these are good ones. <clears throat> Number one, the sinner was the gospel. Number two, he says my ministry or the ministry that God gave him was done for somebody, was done for the glory of God. Verse 17, and I kind of covered that a little bit in verse 16. He said, I have therefore whereof I may glory through who? Jesus Christ and those things which pertain to God. He said, I'm not doing this to get a pat on the back. You know, I'm not preaching the gospel, and I'm not doing what I do so somebody will give me an applause. I can't do that for that. I can't serve God for somebody else because when that person fails and that person messes up and that person makes a mistake 
and that leader says, oh no, I, he's hurt my feelings, then I'll quit and I'll get out of church and I won't serve God anymore. I can't serve God for, for people. I have to serve God for God. The Bible says, at, <coughs> he teaches us that at the end of our life, when we get to go to heaven, there will be what is called a judgment seat and, and then there will be something that will try our works, try, try what we've done. What does that mean? Everything that I've ever done, all the good things that I've done, will get put on, per se, like an altar. And all of my works will be stacked up there, and uh, they'll be about that high. Not that high. But my works will be stacked up there. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians that he will take and light it on fire to see what sort it is. You know what that means? That means why you did what you did, when you did what you did. So he's going to see why I preached. He's going to see why I went soul winning. And he's going to see why you sung a song. And he's going to see why you came to church. And he's going to see your motives will be exposed there. What sort it is. There's six different building materials that the Bible gives us. Wood, hay, and stubble. Now, I am not the, the smartest guy in the world, but I know what happens when you put fire to wood. And I know what happens when you put fire to hay or straw. I know what happens when you get little bitty pieces of wood, and you light them on fire, guess what's going to take place? They're going to burn up, and there'll be nothing left. That's the building materials you can use. Or you can use the other three, gold, silver, and precious stones. And if you know, like I know, what happens when gold, when, when gold is heated up and refined, and gold is heated up and refined, and gold is heated up and refined, guess what it becomes? better, more pure, a higher carrot. My works will be tried. What I've done. Why I've done. I don't care what anybody tells you. Don't do it for me. Don't do it for a man. Do it because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. What's left is what you give to God. The Bible says, but there will be some people that are saved, is what the Bible says, yet so as by fire. They're going to go to heaven, but they won't have nothing to prove that they've done, that they were a Christian. <coughs> nothing to prove that they were saved. Nothing to prove that. So why, why, why the gospel? Why, what's the center of his, what's the center of his ministry is the gospel. Why did he have the ministry? It was done for God's glory. Number three, it was done with God's power. Look in verse number 18, verse number 18. He said, for I will dare speak of any of those things when Christ hath wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. By word and deed, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a certain life. Verse 19, through, through mighty signs and wonders, 
and by thy power of the Spirit of God, so that they from Jerusalem and from roundabout, I have fully preached the gospel. He mentions two different names of two different towns. And if you, if you was to look at this, that God had empowered him to do those things. Miracles, in verse number 18, he said, or verse, verse number 19, he said, though mighty work, mighty signs and mighty wonders, there's still people that won't believe because of the mighty signs and the mighty wonders. Do you know the best, look, <clears throat> those apostolic powers that were given to the Apostle Paul to be able to heal, and even to the apostles that were able to heal and cast out demons and those things, they were apostolic powers. They disappeared when the Bible was finished. That was something that was done for them at that time period. I can't do signs and wonders like that. I can't do what those apostles did. The greatest work that you and I can do and the most mighty, mighty work that he's talking about in this text, the mighty work that he's talking about is you. You say, me? Yes. When I got saved and the change that took place in my life is proof of his mighty power. Are you the same man are you the same woman that you were before you got saved? Yes or no? No. Your life is evidence to the lost that it's his power. Why do you change? Look at this guy. He didn't even change. Look at this lady. I, I've seen, I have a friend, a preacher friend of mine. One day... One day, somebody come by his house and knocked on his door. A guy I went to high school with knocked on his door and put a track on his door. He didn't catch him home. Talked to, uh, the next time he went by, he, he actually got to talk to him and invited him to church and talked to him about church. Well, a couple weeks, well, he told him he'd come to church. Well, he didn't show up. So a couple weeks later, the preacher, the same, the same person went by and kept going by and kept going by. It took him a while. He was a bartender at Applebee's. He had a drug addiction problem. There were things in his life that were completely messed up. One Sunday morning, he decided to come to church. And he sat on the back pew or sat near the back. And the, and the preacher preached a sermon. And he walked the aisle and got saved that morning. And today, he pastors a church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and has been the pastor for 10 years, and he would tell you that that, I, I'm going to tell you, he might not tell you, I'm going to tell you that that right there is proof of God's mighty works. I can't do the, those things that the apostles did because it's not available. <coughs> but the mighty works is your life revealed, my life changed. My life changed. Your life changed. God's power can only do that. And it doesn't matter how much time you muster and how much things you can do. You can't change yourself. You can't overcome things without the Lord. He said in this verse, in verse number 18, he said, by word or deed. That's us. That's revealing to us. Mighty works. Changes in our character. Char changes in our conduct reveal God's power. Number one, 
we see the ministry that God gave him to the Gentiles was the center, was the gospel. And it was done for God's glory. And it was done by God's power. And lastly, and I'm done, and we'll go home, is God's plan. Look in verse number 19. He says, and so that from Jerusalem all around, and I'm sorry I can't pronounce that word, is to another town that God gave him the ability to take the gospel from Jerusalem all the way around. Do you know that if you was to take from that from Jerusalem all the way to Ecclerium, though that, that it consisted of about 14,000 miles. Now if you'll read, I'm not going to read all four verses, but if you'll read there, he said in verse 20, he said, I build upon another man's foundation. He said, I'm just going through and trying to encourage you. And then he says, he said, but I, I uh, verse, number, verse, number, uh, verse number 23, he said, but now having no more place in these parts, having a great desire these many years to come to you, he said, I'm still wanting to go to Spain. I'm still wanting to come to Rome so I can preach to you the gospel so I can come to you. But he says, and in uh, verse number 21, but as it's written to whom? He was not spoken of that shall see it, that, that they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. He said the reason God's plan was for me to get saved and for me to take the gospel all the way from Jerusalem all the way around is so that somebody would get saved and somebody would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Paul had a huge influence because think about the mode of travel at that time period, traveling that many miles. What kind of dedication, what kind of hard work, what kind of, what kind of uh, the desire and run and, and push to be able to go and preach the gospel to all of those people? And he says that everybody in that area had heard the gospel. And that took place because the ministry that he had was about the gospel. And the ministry he had was about God's power. And the ministry he had was about giving God his glory. And the ministry he had was about doing God's plan. What's my plan? What's your plan? The gospel. Sometimes my plan is not the gospel. You say, it's not? Do every person I talk to, do you know what I ought to do? Hey, let me share with you the gospel. That's the plan. That's the plan. I'm a sports nut. You know that. I go down the road. Hey, I was talking to a guy on the phone the other day, and it was, uh, it was about my, my a spectrum. I was trying to see what I could do different on my spectrum bill. All right? So, uh, so I called them. By the end of the conversation, do you know what we were talking about? Football. <laughs> but why is it by the end of that conversation I wasn't talking to him about the gospel? Why is it by the end of the conversation at the checkout line you don't say, here, I'll give you the gospel? You say, well, how am I supposed to do that? They ain't got time. They don't have time. There's... Always hundreds of people in line for the three cashiers at Walmart. I mean, that's how it is. 
right? They don't have time. But do you know what? Do you know what you can do? We have back there on that little rack what are called tracks. You know what I can do? I can say I can get. I'll give you an invite to church. You know what's on the back of that? The gospel. I may not have time to tell every single person, but I do have time to say here. Let me give you an invite to church. Do you know? Do you know what most people will do? Oh, thanks. Well, I already have a church home. It's okay. Here, just give you an invite. Most people will say, okay, thanks. What is my life centered around? Me, me, me. To be honest, me. It's not centered around the gospel. And I'm not saying that your life is not. Or that you can't be. But our center will be the gospel so that we can keep people out of hell. His center was, Paul said that he wouldn't have any blood on his hands. You say, what do you mean by that? The Bible tells us that if we know people and we don't share with them the gospel and they die without Christ, their blood will be on our hands. And Paul says, I don't have any blood on my hands. You know what that means? That every single person he talks to, they could eat him. I'm going to give you this. Every time he went to the checkout stand at the, at the grocery store, guess what he did? Hey, let me share with you the gospel. The gospel. You know what? I've had people that I've known that have passed away. And you know what? I don't, I'm not for sure if they were on their way to heaven or not. Guess what? Guess whose blood is on my hands? To be honest with you, that's a sobering thought. That there would be blood in my hands. Are there blood? Is there blood on your hands? From people you have not saved? The gospel. What's the ministry about? Lord, I love you. I thank you for everyone that's here this morning. I thank you for allowing us to be together this morning. I pray, dear Lord, that you've used me in spite of me.